Hello, hello. Welcome to Everybody's Bad with Money, where we share stories and get real about personal finance. We make money talk fun. I'm Amelie. I'm AJ, and we are going to talk about a really spicy topic today. Um, it is probably the most unspicy topic in like any <laughs> other non-COVID world, but but also I think our perspective of it is very spicy. And we that topic is da 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 da. We're going to talk about unemployment. Um, yeah, we are. Yeah, I'm really. Yeah, we're going to get into it, and I'm really excited. But before we jump in, um, how are you, my dear Amelie? I'm doing fine. I wouldn't say I'm doing great or really bad. I'm kind of just trucking along. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, my, I'm super busy in my nine to five. So I feel like it's, I've just been tired. Um, not too much to report other than just living my life. You know, I, I'm really trying to like take care of my mental health right now. So after this, I'm going to go force myself to do a yoga class probably a yin yoga class, um, which for those who don't know, is like a a very slow, relaxing type of yoga. Um, Very good for your mental health. And I just really need to focus on moving my body these days. So yeah, that's really it for me. How are you? I'm good. I am currently in New York and it is raining and snowing. Um, but Brett and I had to do a couple of wedding stuff, finalize some wedding stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, so we had our second tasting yesterday and on the way there and the way back, we went through. So we're having three events at our wedding. And so we went through like every single event and like what needs to happen and what needs to be there and who needs like, not who needs to be there, but like we have lots of different honors and like who's going to be honored at mm-hmm. that yeah. event. Um, and so while like, I have done a lot of physical things that I needed for the wedding, like my hair and makeup trial and all that stuff, we, as like a couple really feel very accomplished right now. Cause we got through like a ton of, like, we just got it on pa- paper. And while we didn't like physically do anything yet, we at least have the idea of what we have to do. That's a good feeling. Yeah. We, we definitely on the podcast in the next couple of months, we'll have a wedding episode where we talk both about planning your own wedding um, and also being a wedding guest, because that is also extremely expensive. Um, and I think it's a really important thing that people who whose friends aren't getting married don't think about, but definitely something to save for and something to plan ahead for if you're looking at like your yearly budget and you have four or five weddings coming up you're gonna have to set money aside for that so we'll certainly be talking more about that in the future yeah and if you have any questions about that you can always dm us or email us um at everybody's bad with money at gmail.com because we would love to answer any questions that you have about that yeah i'm really excited to dive in i'm like a really great um wedding guest expert but like in terms of planning my own wedding like just don't get married in New York city or New York. (laughs) So expensive. Um, it's so expensive. So that's my tip. That's my budget tip. Don't get married in New York. Um, maybe we'll have to have a a guest on for that episode because I'm not well versed in planning a wedding at all. I have a friend who, um, her wedding budget, she did it for, it was $20,000 and it is, I, I would love to have her on. I'm going to ask her if she would come on because perfect. That's an amazing, amazing feat. And her wedding was like, see for me, like, I don't even know. I don't, I I was like, 
I heard $20,000. I was like, oh shit, that's so expensive. (laughs) 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 Clearly this is not something I'm thinking about. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Her wedding was one of my favorite weddings too, because it was like about community. And so there's a lot of things we're actually like emulating from, from that wedding in our wedding. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, Let's definitely talk to her. Yeah. Let's see. Um, she'll come on, but anyways. Okay. So let's dive into the conversation that we wanted to have about unemployment. And before we go into some of our like main topics that we want to discuss, I kind of want to know your why and like why you want to talk about unemployment and then talk about why I want to talk about unemployment. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the main reason why I think it's really important to talk about is it's just such a prominent thing in the U.S. right now. There are so many people who are unemployed or have experienced unemployment during the pandemic. Um, And I think that it's something that's just really important to talk about because so many people are going through it. And unemployment is not, does not only affect your money, but it also affects your mindset, your mental health. Like it just touches everything. And so I think it's really important to talk through that. And hopefully we can even provide some, some help or some, I don't know, positivity in the face of the craziness. Um, but really to get down to my why is just that I've seen a lot of friends and family members and just people go through the experience of being unemployed. And some people in my life are are still currently unemployed and taking advantage of the unemployment benefits. And I've seen people use that, use those benefits really wisely. And then I've seen other people, I think, really not use it wisely. And actually they're setting themselves back instead of moving themselves forward, which is something that that you've said. Um, So I think it's just really important to talk about and I'm really excited to dive into it. Yeah. Um, So for me, it's, um, it's personal because when I was managing a yoga studio before the pandemic and I got furloughed immediately and I was and they immediately passed the $600, you know, additional stimulus. And so um, unemployment com- almost covered my salary. And um, at the time, like before um, COVID, I could not make enough money. I could make enough money to get by um, on my salary, but I couldn't make enough money to um, save the way that I wanted to and put money towards the wedding the way that I wanted to or travel and go on vacation and things like that. Um, so I felt extremely fortunate when COVID hit and I was able to receive unemployment with no problem. And that, that I felt that I was given a gift of like basically paid vacation. And so I've been in many situations in my life where I've had to think outside the box and like get creative about how I was going to make money. And so I took this as an opportunity to like fully dive into beyond the green and create beyond Mm. the green as what it is today before beyond the green. It was, I teach people how to budget. Now it is a full blown business with a course and a podcast and a community and future coaches and, um, and, you know, we're starting to work with couples, like all that happened during the pandemic and, I gave myself this endpoint because that's what I thought was going to happen. I didn't know that the government, I couldn't trust in the government that they were going to extend the stimulus package, but I was told on August 1st, 
that or August 30th, I think it was the, the end of the month on August 30th that like the stimulus would end and your unemployment benefits would be over. And so I had it in my mind that I'm going to launch this business by this date. Um, and what that taught me was bravery in a way that I hadn't known. Uh, it taught me vulnerability in a way that I hadn't known. And, um, and it taught me to trust in myself. And uh, there's so many more things that I can dive into and I will dive into as we get into our topics, but um, I've seen a lot of people not take the opportunity that this afforded them and, exactly. uh, and, and it's been disappointing and challenging to see people, um, using this as a short-term fix for a very long-term problem. Um, and I think that's like my overarching feelings about yeah. unemployment and what's happened is that it is a band-aid and um, there's gonna be long-term repercussions for um, not investing in education, not investing in alternative ways to make money, not investing in developing new skills um, for not just yourself, but for everybody around you. Um, another point just really quickly before we dive in is that like I've been able to elevate other businesses and other people because of what I've done, not only are there like certain people that like, all I do is like promote my friends' companies. Like I don't make a dollar from that. I just like, a lot of my friends have been really creative during COVID also. Mm -hmm. I've been able to help them out. They've been able to get business. Um, I have worked with more clients. I've quadrupled my clients when I, you know, so those are all people who I've been able to help out. And also, um, I'm like working with people who want to be coaches. Like I've been, I've been able to help out so many more people and being in my light versus being in the dark. And I feel like um, people are holding themselves back from living in their full potential because they feel safe for like a moment, but they're actually Absolutely. not safe. They're in so much fear because they know there's an expiration date for when this is going to be over. Yeah. Yeah. Everything you said. Yes. Um, I have a question for you. Yeah. I know how I feel about this, but I want to ask you, um, what would you say to the people who, whose argument on not finding a job is that they make more with unemployment than they do, than they did in their current job or than they have, than they would be for any job that they were offered? <sighs> the it's, <laughs> it's a multi-layered question. Yeah, My first it is. My first reaction is my ruthless mother of like, so fucking what? Like, go get a fucking job. Yeah. But I say that and like, let's give, let's give some context to like that statement, which is that I believe that every single minute that you work is valuable. Every single experience that you get to have where you're earning a skill and you're learning a craft is valuable. And I have had so many jobs, like, like way more than the average person. And some of them were horrible. They were absolutely yeah. horrible. Um, like when I was in Australia and I was walking around trying to give like 
these like energy efficient um, power cords to people. And if they signed up for them, the government gave them a bonus. It was horrible knocking on Australian people's doors and asking them to go into their house and install this power cord. And, but in every experience, I learned something about myself and I learned something about the world and it's made me who I am. And you can't get experience back. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Also, you just reminded me that in college, I had a job where I was going, I was a door-to-door salesperson for, but not, I wasn't even selling anything. I was trying to get money for an environmental charity. (laughs) I just remember getting rained on as in the boondocks of Vermont, like, oh my God. Yeah. Just memories flooding back at me, but you're so right. Because even that job that was so horrible, in my opinion, taught me so much. And I think learning what you don't like is just as important as learning what you love, because then you can, you can like make sure that you don't go back into a job where there's those similar things that you have to do with the the jobs that you don't like, that you didn't like. Yeah. And so I think that's a really good point. And like, also, um, there's something to say about showing up for yourself in life. Like I've handed out flyers on the streets of Manhattan and like run into Mm -hmm. people I've known. I've served people who bullied me in school as a waitress. Like I've been very humbled by my life experience. And like, there's something about like knowing that like, you don't know what that skill is going to teach you in the future. That's something that's really cool. Like, I don't know every day what's what little random tidbit of information I'm going to use to help somebody achieve financial freedom. Like I have my pillars Mm -hmm. and I have my steps, but I don't know what little nugget of information is going to come out. That's going to be like the transformational thing that helps someone go from like a debt mindset to, um, to feeling like so secure and safe in their life. And, and I just think it's just such a short-sighted way to look at money and to look at time and to look at opportunities. You know, I was thinking about how in college um, I was supposed to work in the cafeteria and I blew it off. And not only, Mm. and let's think about the long-term repercussions of that. I blew it off, which there's no shame in working in college because like half of the people are working in college. I just didn't want to do it. I didn't Mm want to wake up early and do it, but it was going to help pay for some of my student loans so like I, tr- I screwed myself over there and I could have, de- I could have had like support and stability and um, like a resource in college that I like didn't have, you know, like I could have like grown through within the organization and like, it, you just never know what opportunities that could have led to. And I didn't take it and it had long-term yeah. questions for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And not even just opportunities, but also lessons that you learn. Like there, I just think of the worst jobs I've ever had and how much I learned about myself through that. I actually haven't even talked about this on the podcast because I forget that I did this, but my first job before ever working at the ice cream store was working at a bakery in my hometown. And I was so excited. It was my first ever job. And I felt so independent. And I was like, I'm so excited. I'm going to be making money, minimum wage, but like whatever. I was pumped at 14 years old or whatever, however old I was. And of course I had babysat before that, but like my official, like my first official job. And 
the woman who owned the bakery and who knows how this happened, but she didn't pay me for like over six months. And she kept telling me, she was like, I, I'm going to pay you in a lump sum, like whatever. And I was so mad because I was like, this is the my only source of income. I'm like super young. I was so excited. It's my first job. And I just didn't stand up for myself. I ended up having to have my parents come in and like yell at her to pay me because I wasn't confident enough in myself to be like, you need to pay me. And that at 14 years old was one of the best lessons I ever could have gotten about money because never again did I not stand up for myself and stand up for someone giving me money that I, that I was owed. And I quit that day. Like my parents came in and I was, and they, and then she was like scared that they were going to sue or something (laughs) like they freaked out. And then, but it's like, I had to have my parents come in and say that for me. And never again, I was like, nope, I'm going to stand up for myself. And it was a horrible job and it was a horrible experience. But looking back, I, it was such an important lesson in my life. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm like going down memory lane of all of my jobs, but (laughs) I know, but, um, so let's talk about some of the, so we're kind of tapping on the subject. So let's just kind of name it. We're talking about career and like career opportunities and why it's so important to utilize this time that you're on unemployment to craft and build skills to be employable because, um, the longer you're on unemployment, the more difficult it will be to find work in general. Um, because- yeah. And I feel like that can be really scary for people, but it, it is the truth. Like, I don't, it just like people, do, some people don't want to hear that, but the reality of it is the longer you're unemployed, the harder it will be to find work. Yeah. It's just the truth. Yeah. 100%. Um, it's, um, and we'll, it's just that like, let's just break that down so people can understand why. So like you're 27 years old and you're looking for work in marketing and you can't find a job in marketing because all these 22 year olds are coming in out of college and they're, you know, going to be, uh, willing to work for less and you're asking for this and your competition is your, your, your competition continued to growing. You're also competing with other 27 year olds who are unemployed. And you're also competing with 27 year olds who are all employed. So, so, um, and you're losing skills. So this is something that like, I think a lot about with, um, the wage gap. And it's a, it's a, it's a part of the conversation that I don't, that is often overlooked is that, um, women obviously take maternity. And so, um, not obviously if a woman has a child and decides to stay home with the child, she takes or adopts a child or adopts a child, um, or has to care for a child. She t- mm-hmm. will take maternity. Now that might be six weeks. That might be three months, or she might decide I want to take a period of time off from work, um, and focus on raising my child. Mm-hmm. All great options, really important. Now, um, one of the things that happens is that if there is a man of the same exact, you know, status as her, when they go back to work, they're, they're still at the same place they left. And that person has gone up. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying this is the, this is just one of like many, 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 many different beads on this necklace um, for the wage gap. But I do think it's an important one to acknowledge because it 
um, because that experience is, is she doesn't have the same experience because she's taken time off to focus on other things, which is totally fine. Right. If that's her choice to do that, that is totally fine. But it's like part of that is recognizing the reality of it, that taking time off of work, regardless of your reason, is you're not going to get the same experience as other people who are working all the way through. It's okay if that, but it's like, let's make sure that you understand that and that you don't come back into the workforce expecting to be at the same level as somebody else who didn't take that time off. Same thing for unemployment. Right. And um, so in terms of like career opportunities, like I've spoken to a lot of people who um, have not done anything during unemployment except apply for jobs. And so if you're still on unemployment right now, I would highly encourage you to look at something that you'd like to learn more about and develop a skill. So um, I know that there are some financial costs to that, but there's also there's also opportunities where they're not. Um, and also, like what better way to spend unemployment money than putting it back into the market to take a course or certification in a in an opera, you know, in uh, a new industry that you want to step into because yeah, a passion, a passion. Um, Because one of the things that we also need to talk about is that a lot of people who are on unemployment um, are, are, um, are in low paying jobs are in low paying wages, like a lot Mm -hmm. of people who are on unemployment are not part of the middle class and upper middle class. Um, Exactly. They're people who work in low paying um, average wages. So um, getting to be on unemployment right now and potentially making more money because they're at a low paying job, this is a great opportunity to take that little bit of extra money and put it in towards your, your career development. Mm -hmm. Um, Exactly. I have a, a really good friend who was laid off because of COVID and actually took that time to become a doula, which is something that she is super passionate about and didn't have the time to do when she was working a nine to five. And like, that's a really good way to use your time. If you have, if you were gifted the, the gift of unemployment and you have that extra money to spend, like go develop yourself in some way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's, um, really important. And also like, I think there's, it's making that kind of grown up decision. There was a lot of people who would reach out to me and they, they work in industries that like really are really difficult to be successful in. Um, Mm. and, um, and it's, it's kind of having that conversation with yourself or like, are you, are you, are you going to make this work? Is this like going to be your life? And you're going to try and pursue this acting career, or do we need to like pivot and find you different sources of income? Or can we have both, you know, like, can we create a lot of the clients that I've worked with who are actors? I'm like, can we create the stability right now so that when you go pursue your acting career, when COVID opens up more, you know, post COVID and more opportunities open up, like you have a solid base. So like, for example, like um, I, I'm like, go be a virtual assistant. Like there's so many yeah. people right now who are working from home who are busier than ever, who are, you know, are in industries. There are industries that are booming because of COVID. 
And I'm like, go, go sell yourself as a, per, a virtual assistant. Let's figure out that. And that way, I mean, if they could get three clients at, you know, 10 hours a week and, and, and they can do it on their own time. I mean, that's a really successful little business while they go and pursue their full-time thing because, yeah, you know, so many people, when you're a server, I mean, you're running, if you're a server to actor, you know, you're running around, you're waitressing, then you're running to auditions. I mean, what about being a virtual assistant? You can be anywhere. You'd be sitting in the audition room, waiting for an audition and doing your virtual assisting job. So like, yeah, just like thinking outside about problem solving. I think there's like been a lack of problem solving. People aren't like reaching out to people being like, what should I do? Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Using the pandemic to your advantage. Like you have to, it's, it's a shitty time for everybody. You kind of have to find a silver lining and try to use it to your advantage. Like just what you were saying, if everybody's at home, there are so many jobs that you could do um, where you can actually cut out a lot of the commuting time and give yourself back that time to actually work on what you're passionate about. And I think we talked about this in the episode with Danny, but just like really also removing the stigma around having a job to support your passion. Like that is so important so that you have stability and something to fall back on and you can still continue to pursue the thing that you're passionate about, but also while making money, maybe it's not, I mean, I would say what 90% of people around my age, your age are not working in jobs that they're like super, super passionate about They're you know, we're, we're continuing to work on ourselves and get to the place where, where we are, but everybody has to put in their time and their dues to get there. Right. I mean, I certainly believe that because my time and dues didn't look like your time and dues, but because mine was so much about like, how the hell do I get out of this mess? But that was my time of like uncovering that out while also trying to pursue my passion and then realizing that's not really what I wanted to be doing anyway, but that's what yeah. your 20s are for. And like, I, I guess that's also another big part is like your twenties are about risk and your twenties are about, and like your, you know, thirties too, but like, I'm, I'm really right now I'm talking to you 20 year olds who are on unemployment. Yeah. Like your twenties are about risk and falling on your face and like picking yourself up and like figuring out stuff and you're, you're missing it. You're missing that opportunity right now because you're like so afraid to take risks and you're so afraid Mm -hmm. to jump into something new and you're so comfortable being supported. But like I said earlier, like you're not actually safe because you know, there's an expiration date for when this money's going to dry up. Yeah. So even if like you feel like you're just coasting right now and everything's okay. There's no way it's not subconsciously affecting you that you're coasting and relying on somebody else. You are not providing for yourself. You're relying on the government to provide for yourself. And even if you are sitting on your couch thinking like, Oh, this is okay. Subconsciously you, there's no way you don't realize that this isn't forever and that that's not stressful on some level. Like there's just no way. 100%. And even for me, like, that whole time leading up to end of August, when I launched, like every, when I launched the course and I started really mm-hmm. like doing this, um, I was, there were days of like pure panic of like, yeah. and I have like, I have a partner who at the end of the day is like going to make sure we eat and is going to make sure we're okay. And like, I've set up my savings so that like, I'm in a really good spot, but right. I still had moments of panic. Like, I still had moments where I was like, oh my God, the money's going to dry up. And like, what if I don't get enough clients? And what if I don't do this and don't do that? And I set myself up to fail. And 
that moving forward and that, and that's what I mean. Like it, it, it gave me so much confidence in a way that I've never had confidence before because I like, was like, I said I was going to do something and I fucking did it. And yeah. honestly, I had no reason to do it. I could have stayed on unemployment. I could still be on unemployment just from the beginning of the pandemic. Oh, and, and there are so many people who are, who are doing that. And just think about like what, how many lives would have been affected if I didn't go and pursue my full, my, like my life's purpose, you know, exactly. out of yep. the sidelines and collect that unemployment check and really didn't like put myself out there and, and make myself vulnerable. Yep. Yeah. Um, and so to take it even like one step deeper, really what it comes down to is like being confident in yourself and like betting on yourself. Yeah. If you're, if you're coasting on unemployment and letting yourself be supported by exterior forces, then you are not betting on yourself. And that has deeper psychological effects than taking a job that where you might not be making as much as unemployment. Yeah, exactly. I completely agree. And I, um, I, I just love that saying like bet on yourself. Mm-hmm. It's something that really empowers me. Cause it's like, yeah, I, I, something that like always was really big when it was like, you wouldn't talk to your best friend the way you talk to yourself. And I know it's so cheesy. <laughs> I know. And no, it's not cheesy though. I think about this all the time. Um, and like, you bet on your best friend, like you want your best friend to be successful or you see the best in them. And it's like, the more you become your own best friend and you like see that potential in yourself. And I just think that like, there's a lot of people right now who are really stuck in fear. Um, and I want to talk about some of the long-term, um, implications of not, um, of not, of not going and finding work. So one of them that we can talk about is savings. So, um, if you're still living, um, you know, month to month and you're not really creating a budget and you're not being thoughtful about that, um, and you're preventing yourself from earning wealth long-term. Um, and it's so important to start as early as possible in savings and, the longer and longer. Oh, I was like, why do I want to bring this up? And I was like, (laughs) but the reason is also, I want to bring up savings because you're, you're setting yourself at this, at this income bracket, which could be higher or lower than what you've been earning previous to COVID. And it's just, it's a, it's a low wage. And so it's hard. It's going to be hard to save if that's your wage right now. If that's, um, yeah, if that's the only income that you're, that you're getting, it's going to be tough. So, and your goal is ultimately like that might be, so for me, like I said, I was earning $50,000 a year at yoga works. That mm-hmm. was not enough money for me to live the lifestyle that I wanted but it was, uh, so I had, so I had to get other sources of income. Like I taught yoga once a week and I had my budgeting business and, um, but I knew that I was going up the ladder. I told my boss, I'm going to be district manager. Mm-hmm. I told my boss, these are the things. And like, I was in the pipeline. I started the job at 48, 
$48,000. Then I moved to $50,000 with a higher bonus rate six months in. I said, I need another bonus in six months. I need another, you know, like I was working my way up the ladder because I wasn't accepting that that was my life. I was like, I need to keep growing. I want to keep making more money so that I can continue to live the lifestyle that I want to live. Like I'm putting in Mm -hmm. the work, I'm putting in the hours, I'm going to make that happen. Um, If you're just staying for an entire year on the same salary, like you haven't grown financially, you haven't grown career-wise. And so you've just set yourself back. And And I understand that there are a lot of people here who are going to be like, I didn't have any options and that might possibly be so then I'm not speaking to you. So like, it's okay. I, I can't, I'm not possibly talking to every single person who's on unemployment. Yeah. If you're doing everything you can, you know, and still taking advantage of unemployment, that's okay. That's what it's there for. But it's, we're specifically talking to the people who are coasting and being like, I'm just going to continue on unemployment because it's paying me more than I would at a job. Like, or like I'll fix ah! later. Or I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, the people who are like in analysis paralysis. Like I understand there are people who are so in so much fear right now. Like they can't make decisions. I mean, there were days that I couldn't lift my head off the table. Like I get that fear, and if you're paralyzed mm-hmm. by that fear, like I'm speaking to you. Like there are you can get yourself out of that fear. Yep. Um. So yeah. So so any? Do you have any other thoughts about savings? Um. Well. Yeah, just like we didn't exactly say this phrase, but it talking about compound interest, like the earlier you start, the more money you're going to get, especially if you're putting in a high yield savings account or investing, like it's just looking at the numbers, like that's how it works. The earlier you start saving, the more your money is going to make money for itself. So it's like if if you're just coasting on unemployment this year is a wash for you and you're not going to be taking advantage of the long-term effects of saving and compound interest. Yeah. I did like a, a, like a little calculator, like just a baby one of like what $50 a month would look like Mm -hmm. in 10 years. Um, and it's like, I think you would contribute 6,000 and you'd earn 4,000 just compound interest. I think it was Mm -hmm. that, or it was, you earn, 6,000 and you contribute 6,000 and the, and you earn like 2,500. Yeah. No matter what, it's more money. (laughs) I'll take it. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, compound interest, huge. I a hundred percent agree. Um, okay. Third is debt. And what I want to say about debt is I don't want to talk about strategy and I don't want to talk about how you should get rid of it. What I want to say about it is that um, as a culture, we have a debt mindset. And if you're not working towards paying off your debt, then you're constantly thinking and stressing out about your debt. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to have like crippling repercussions on your, on your physical and mental well-being. I mean, chronic stress causes the body to break down and keep yep. producing more stress. And so if you don't have a debt repayment plan in place, and you're putting it off because there's zero interest on cars and zero interest on, like if you, there's no strategy, then I guarantee you are stressed about your debt and that's causing you a lot of disharmony. Yep. And even, I mean, I feel, this is how I feel sometimes in myself, which is why I keep bringing it up, but maybe you're not feeling it on like a super conscious level. You're living your life and you're, you know, like, 
just doing your thing, but subconsciously it's proven, like proven by science that it's affecting you subconsciously. So even if you're thinking like, oh, I'm fine. This doesn't apply to me. If you don't have a plan and this is the way that you're living every day, I guarantee you a thousand percent it's affecting you subconsciously. It's proven the correlation is there. Like, I don't know what else to say about it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like I wipe my hands of it. <laughs> um, I know this from experience, people. <laughs> yeah, same. Um, So the other things that I want to talk about are like um, the economy, the local and the domestic economy at large. So let's talk about local economy. So when you're in unemployment, you're taking state benefits. And what does that mean for the long term? What that means is that the state is one dishing out money to you and not receiving the same amount of taxes from you. Mm -hmm. So they're at a deficit. So in a couple of years, when when they want to build, you know, new roads and they want to, you know, build a new school and they want to build more playgrounds or they want to preserve a national park, um, they have less funds to do that. They have less resources to do that. So um, there are, there are literal economic repercussions for, um, for being on unemployment on a state level, on a local level. Um, and then the economy at large is that, um, is that your, a healthy economy is a stimulated economy. We want to stimulate the economy with goods and services and products and all of that. And every person plays a little part in their role there. They work in agriculture, they work in production, um, IT, um, customer service. And as we start to pull away, because we are essentially, if you're on unemployment, you're realistically, you're spending about 20, Outside of rent and mortgage, let's say you have twenty to forty thousand dollars to spend a year on everything else, you know, and that's including saving, paying off debt, you know, um, health insurance. So less money is going into the economy, mm-hmm. and um, that's going to have that means that eventually interest rates are going to go up. Um, you know that there's going to be long term repercussions for um, everybody. And I I think there's like a lot, there's obviously a huge component that we haven't spoken about, which is the um, racial inequality, which is, um, we would need a whole entire podcast on that. Um, But, you know, one, it's, it's, this is so much more disproportionately um, marginalized against people of color. Um, And so, there are uh, a ton, a ton of systematic repercussions for staying on unemployment longer that will not necessarily affect the short term, but will certainly affect the long term. Absolutely. Um, really quickly going back, there was one more thing that I wanted to say about career because it, I couldn't remember it and it just came back to me. <laughs> uh, so th- a lot of jobs are never going to come back because they are going to be replaced by robots. And this is not the time if you are working in a low wage job to sit around and wait and hope that your job will come back because there is a chance that there will be no such thing as, um, you know, people who work in grocery stores, people who work in, you know, factories, people there, 
there are so many jobs that like, even um, there might still be customer service in restaurants. Cause like people, we love to wine and dine. However, like people are opening up ghost kitchens, ghost kitchens might be run by an assembly line of robots. Like mm-hmm. there's so much uncertainty in the future of what it's going to look like to be a working person in the world. Um, and that is something that like, you need to think about like yesterday, like the robots are coming. Like, (laughs) is that the title of the episode? The robots are coming. Yeah, I think that's exactly, that's the I'm laughing, but it's also so true. And I think it just comes back full circle to what we were talking about before. Like use this time to develop your skills. Don't just sit back. Yeah. Please. (laughs) Yep. Um, so Wait, before we go on, I need to ask you a question. Um, I don't know if you heard about this, but I'm interested to hear your thoughts, what, especially when we were talking about the economy. But at a certain point, I think it was Mark Cuban suggested a um, stimulus check where every like biweekly, the government would give $1,000 to every single person, regardless of whether or not they were unemployed. But the caveat is that they had to spend that money they, and it has to go back into the economy. What are your thoughts? Um, oh, I, there's a lot of really amazing like stuff like that out there. Like I think Andrew mm-hmm. also is. Oh yeah, yeah. He, he he said some things similar. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. And I think Canada is starting to do something like that. Um, I would, I really don't feel like I am equipped to answer that question because I just, but it's such a great question. It's something that I think that we should definitely look into and, 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 but um, it's so interesting. It's just so interesting to think about, like, even if you don't have all the answers, like there's just so many different ways of approaching this problem as a nation, you know, as a, as a, as a world. And, um, I don't know. Well, I guess going back, piggybacking off what you just said, yeah. uh, be a part of the solution, not the problem. And like, yes, exactly. I want to be, a, I, I believe I, the world is going, is changing rapidly in a way that I can't even put my finger on and, and articulate and understand. But I do understand that people are struggling with their finances. And so I'm going mm-hmm. to be in service to everybody who is struggling with their finances until the day I die. And, and there are, there are problems that I, there are problems that need to be solved in your own personal life. You rhetorical, you, you listening to this podcast that you need to solve. There are also problems at large that need to be solved. And so do you want to be part of the solution or the problem? Yeah, I think that's a great point. And I mean, quick plug for what we do, like if you're listening to, to this conversation and you are feeling so overwhelmed and stressed out, please reach out to us. Like we really can help with that. We will talk about, we'll talk you through it. There's so many different ways that we can help you with this. Like you are not alone. This is stressful and the world is in just a stressful state on top of everything else. So please reach out to people, reach out to us. Like there are people who are literally just sitting here waiting to help you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> AKA us. Yeah. It's really amazing. And so many other people. I, um, I was talking to somebody today who's mentioned twice that she's interested in taking the course. And I was telling Brett, I was like, you know, I didn't even bring it up to her because when she's ready, she will actually say mm-hmm. I'm ready. 
So I was like, yep. it didn't, I didn't feel the need to have to go into how amazing it is and how it's going to change your life or blah, blah, blah. I was like, when she's actually ready, she will say, I am ready. Tell me about this or let me sign up and let me like learn more about it. You know, it was like, and, and when, but there are people, when you are ready, when you finally are ready to say, I need help, I need support. There are people, it might not be me and Amelie. It might be, yeah. it might be a, anybody in your life or someone you can't even imagine coming into your life, but having that receptivity and that openness and vulnerability, what I was talking about when I took the risk is what's going to help you find opportunity in your life. And you might go in a career path you could have never imagined. Um, yeah. But, but to hold yourself back when there's so much opportunity abound is, um, is just robbery of your self-esteem. It's robbery of your joy and it's robbery to the whole, everybody, you know, because everybody, you know, wants to see you thrive and wants to see you be successful and wants to see you stand on your own two feet. And if you're on unemployment and you have no exit strategy and you don't have a plan, then you certainly are not in your light. Absolutely not. And another like quick point to make, especially when we're talking about careers in the future and all of that is that there are, there are jobs, not only that you don't know about, but that literally do not exist yet. And so 10 years from now, like a skill that you picked up in maybe not your perfect job during COVID, like is actually going to lead you to a job that you don't even know exists yet or that hasn't been created yet. And so it just, it goes back to us talking about opportunity and experience. Like everything is going to lead you to the place that you're meant to be at. 100%, 100%. Um, there's one Do you want to dive in? Oh, okay. <laughs> Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I, I really want to make sure that we end this podcast by giving people tangible things that they can go do if they need to go look for a job. Um, but you go first. Um, I just want to tie everything in a neat little bow and talk about mental health. Love that. Yes. Oh, so important. That's the last topic, um, which is that, um, that there are repercussions to your mental health living in a constant state of, um, feast or famine. So right now you're, Mm -hmm. you know, every day you're checking the news to see how your money is going to work out and when it's going to last and when it's going to end. And, and that's causing, like we said, an undercurrent of stress and anxiety. So, um, and also like we have been ingrained as a culture to like work, 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 go to college, you know, like go to high school, go to college or like have a profession and work. And so, Um, a lot of you have never been unemployed before in your life and you've worked your entire lives, you know, since you were kids and now you're like in your late twenties, early thirties, forties, you've never not worked. And so there's like, obviously some kind of, uh, egoic reaper, you know, like in your mind, you're Mm -hmm. like, I can't believe, you know, there are, there are factors that are happening that are causing you to reevaluate, which can be a really great thing, but also can be causing you a lot of, um, harm and, um, fear. I can go on for this forever, but, um, I think we talked about it so much throughout and I just wanted to kind of like put it at the end. Are there anything else that you want to say about mental health? I mean, yes, so many things, but I think, I think really the, the key here, I mean, I might get some pushback for saying this, but I'm just going to say it. But I think in our culture today, there's so many, um, 
you know, things out there, like specifically I'm thinking of like Instagram accounts that are always posting things of like, be kind to yourself, like take your time, slow down. And that is so important. Like it it is really important to take care of your mental health and self-care, all those buzzwords, like it's so important, but that doesn't mean to just stop trying. Like you, what will actually benefit your mental health the most is if you are fully supporting yourself and independent, like that is what is going to make your mental health really good. Um, and of course it's like self-care, all those things are, are super important, but you can't just stop trying and you can't just not put yourself forward, like propel yourself forward. So those two things go hand in hand. And I think like, yes, be kind to yourself and slow down and take your time, but also work hard and go after what you want. Yep. Like those things go hand in hand and you really can't have one without the other. Exactly. Love it. Okay. So let's talk about some solutions. I've named a couple, which is like, I want you to think about some skills that you have that you really enjoy doing. So like, if you're a really organized person, then like go be a VA, you know, a virtual assistant. Um, or if you, um, if you're really good with kids, like babysitting or, you know, babysitting is a great way to make cash and you can make a lot of money doing it. Um, you can also, if you were really good in the Spanish or a language, you can offer yourself as a tutor. I mean, a lot of kids are struggling right now, um, remote working from home and like, they need that like interactions and to, you know, as an, as a person who had lots of babysitters, I mean, I loved having babysitters. That was like such a fun part of my, you know, in high school, like learning from a babysitter, Mm -hmm. talking to them about like, not just babysitter stuff, but you know, like about boys and things. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I was talking about this with, um, with, uh, Marilyn Brett's mom about like, you know, if you are in a position where like you can afford it, like volunteering, um, as an opportunity to learn new skills, um, mm-hmm. like learning managerial skills or learning like a professional skills or a trade skill, um, you know, helping elderly with, uh, you know, groceries, um, seeing things like in your local community that you can do to help and also make money from, uh, what else? Okay. I have so many things to say for the career thing. So I have a background in recruiting, so this will probably be more helpful for people who are looking for nine to five work, but I think it applies to every single person. Um, here are some tangible things that you can do right now to propel yourself forward in your career. So first things first, stop applying to random jobs on LinkedIn and Indeed and all those places. I truly believe in in my core that that's not a good use of your time. You can go to those uh, job search websites to get inspired and see what's out there. But if you find something that you're really interested in, go find somebody on LinkedIn who works at that company and reach out to them directly. It will give you such a better leg up than just being a random resume in that application pool. That So that's the first thing. Second thing is the best use of your time in finding a job, regardless of it, whether you want a nine to five or uh, a gig work or whatever, is to use your network. Like use your network, talk to people. You don't have to go into every conversation saying like, I'm going to use you to, to look for a job, but just start by asking your friends, like, do you know anybody who has a really cool career that is related to what I want to do? Can I talk to them? Once you talk to that person, you'll talk to somebody else. That is how I've gotten every single one of my jobs ever. Literally ever. I've never randomly applied. I always 
talk to somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody like that is such a good use of your time, such a better use of your time than just going on random search websites. So network. Um, I've had something else to say now it's like slipping my mind, but yeah, I think like the best possible use of your time right now is just to reach out and talk to people and start conversations because that is how you will find an opportunity. I, I, I swear by it. Um, and really like track everything that you're doing. So open up an Excel for yourself or like a word document and, and type out, like, I talked to this person. These are my notes. This is their suggestions. Like these are the follow-ups organize yourself and like follow up on all of those things. It's the best possible use of your time. I swear. Yep. Yeah, for sure. I feel like that was great. I'm good. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> a lot more, but I think those are really, just, I mean, the other thing is like, obviously have an up-to-date res- resume, um, you know, get a cover letter together, like just really practical things. Um, yeah. And, and again, reach out to people for help. If you yeah. are looking at your resume and you're like, I don't even know where to start, um, reach out to friends. There are, there's so much information online. Oh, this is the other thing I was going to say, like go watch Ted talks or YouTube videos on like suggestions for how to find the right job, resume writing, cover letter writing, interviewing. That is a huge thing. Just like practice interviewing with friends. Um, What I used to do when I was in the middle of interviewing for a bunch of jobs is I literally told Frankie, I was like, catch me off guard and ask me interview questions. So I would literally be in the shower and he would walk into the bathroom and be like, what are your weaknesses? And I would have to answer right on the spot. I swear it's like the best way to get prepared for an interview because then you learn to think on your feet. Like you don't need to have all these answers memorized, just be yourself and learn to really think quickly and just have somebody do that. Like my, I I literally would have a friend call me and be like, um, like what was your, who was your favorite manager in the last five years? And I'd have to answer right on the spot. And it just gets you in that mindset to do really well and crush an interview. Um, there's so many things like that. And uh, one of my favorite people for just career information is Marcus Buckingham, I believe is his name. I can put some information in the notes of this episode, but he is a, like a career researcher and he has some really interesting interviews. He has a whole book. He has some exercises that you can do if you don't really know what you want to do next. Um, like he has this exercise that I love giving to clients, um, called the red thread exercise where you literally just, um, during the course of your day or your current job, you write down everything that you love in one column and everything that you don't like in the other column. And then you start to find the red threads in those things that you love so that you can implement them no matter what work you're doing. Yeah. That's something that we incorporate in our coaching, which is we do that with mm-hmm. values and we also do that with career. Um, and we also do it with relationships too, um, where we have, you yeah, you can do it with level. everything. Yeah. You high level look at your because that way I'm, I'm a big believer in like create the job you love. Even if you're like, I don't love my nine to five. It's like, okay, well let's try and leverage your nine to five. So you can do the work that you want to be doing and delegate the work that you don't want to be doing to somebody else. Oh my God. I couldn't agree more. It's the most important thing that you can do for yourself in your career. And the best way to shift your mindset. I think there are so many people who are in jobs and they're just like, I'm miserable. I'm miserable. I'm miserable, but they're not willing to make the change. Like the first step is figuring out how, before you go looking for another job, figure out how in your current job, you can make it more enjoyable for yourself and focus on the things that you love and are good at. And that will propel you so much further than just sitting in your misery. Your manager will see it. 
they will help you. It's just going to change your whole life and your whole perspective on work. Yeah, 100%. Um, cool. I really hope that that was helpful. Everybody who's listening, I, uh, we are, we want to be a resource. We are a resource. If you're struggling with being on unemployment, not knowing where to go, we will help what we can help you. We can help point you in the right direction. Um, we can offer, you know, feedback, but we can also, um, just help you, uh, strategize your next move. You know, I know sometimes it's hard to just make that next decision and what it is you should be doing. Um, but um, we are here for you, your family, your friends, hopefully are there for you too. reach out to your support networks. Um, I was listening to, and we can end in a second, but I was listening to this amazing, um, um, uh, webinar with these four incredible women. And one of them said there are different types of capital. Social capital is, a, is, mm. is, is absolutely essential for building wealth and what you were saying with networking and I couldn't agree with it more. I wouldn't be anywhere I am without my social capital. I, I have, I am I abundant in social capital and it is, yeah. it is, um, been incredibly, um, important for my life. Yeah. Uh, and it's a, it's a great skill to learn because you're pushing yourself out of your comfort zone by reaching out to new people, people you may not necessarily know. And, I guarantee you that 99% of the time people are willing to talk to and willing to help if you just ask for it. 100. I really believe that like deep in my soul, So, let's <laughs> but you have to be the person to go ask, ask for that. 100%. So before we close up, Amelie, what are three mm-hmm. things that you're grateful for? I'm grateful for a lot right now. I feel like I've been like in a really I feel like I'm on the cusp of like a spiritual (laughs) awakening or something. I don't know how else to explain it, but I'm really grateful for um, the books I've been reading. I've been just like flying through some really important books. Um, I recently finished Untamed. That was amazing. Um, Just like books and the things that are out there for me to consume, like information. I'm really grateful for that. Um, I'm grateful for my apartment. Um, and for like shelter and security. And I am grateful for sleep in my bed. Love it. I am grateful for, um, I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for being 98% done with picking vendors for my wedding. Mm. Um, And I am grateful that that's over so that Brett and I can like really go and like enjoy the next few months of planning, but like not have to stress about, um, finding other people. Like we get to just do all the rest. And I'm really excited to do that with Brett. We're both feeling really like motivated, remotivated, get very, um, draining to have to like go and do the research to find all the vendors and all that stuff. Um, I'm sure. And if it's not perfect timing, my puppy just woke up. Oh, cute. Um, can I actually add one more? So I'm also really grateful for the friends in my life who are making the best use of this time and being fucking badasses. Um, specifically, I want to call out Mariah, who was on this podcast a couple weeks ago. Um, her web series that she wrote and directed herself is being released today, Wednesday, February 24th. Um, go check it out. You can find her at the drive-thru therapist on Instagram. 
and the series is all about mental health. So it ties right into this discussion. It's funny. Um, if you like Shit's Creek, it's like very similar type of comedy. And I'm just so proud of my friends who are like taking that risk and going after their passions. It just makes, it makes me so fucking happy. Oh, Mariah, we love you. <laughs> awesome what a great way to end thank you all for listening to everybody's bad with money this podcast was presented by beyond the green coaching you can follow us on instagram facebook and uh, check out our website beyondthegreencoaching.com we offer private group and couples coaching and financial wellness workshops for corporate peeps we love you (laughs) bye everybody we love you thank you we'll talk to you next week all right bye